You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, especially the meta tonight, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. I am one of your hosts, Mark Lutz, or The Lift, from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And with me tonight, I have my legendary and always faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. But I also have with me an incredible returning guest on the show. Um, She's insane. She's fantastic. Insane's maybe not the best word, but insane in the greatest way possible. Yeah, all of the goodness (laughs) that is in insane insane um a fantastic competitive card player um i have known her uh from the tessel days we have with us tonight silver fuse silver fuse how are you doing tonight hey mark i'm doing really great tonight it's been a pretty solid day overall and yeah can't ask for too much more that's great are you are you just living it up here in 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 lor and quarantine yeah it's been that has been one of the positives of it is just being able to play more Legends of Runeterra. That's what I spent a good chunk of every day doing now. <laughs> yeah, I think all of us have found a little bit more time for gaming in our schedule over the past, like, going on 50 days now. <laughs> the wow. the endless monotony of Groundhog Day over and over again that I'm living right now. Up until 1 a.m. playing video games, wake up with a headache, two cups of coffee, uh, back downstairs. Uh, uh, DBN man, how are you doing tonight? It's good to be back here with you this week. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, actually, you know, I I am still still working, and work has actually been ramping back up for me. Uh, you know, so if anything, I'm having a little less time to play, uh, which is uh, unfortunate. Uh, but I did get a good amount of of playing this week, and I have. Uh, I have some different fun things to report. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm just looking forward to this episode too, uh, because I'm excited to learn more about the champion that is our champion spotlight because I haven't touched it yet. Uh, so I'm interested to hear what you all have to say. Absolutely. Well, we have uh, some really cool stuff in store for everybody. Um, we are going to be uh, looking at Uh, specifically our champion spotlight for this week is MF or misfortune. Um, Everybody's favorite champion. Maybe I'm not sure, but people like her and I like her and I've been playing her and she's awesome. So we're going to talk about misfortune tonight. Um, We also have a brand new segment that we're going to be doing um, that specifically revolves around uh, the competitive meta and silver fuse has agreed as of like, four minutes ago to be our competitive meta and uh, competitive scene correspondent because she actually plays this game enough to know those things and uh, (laughs) actually played to, is it challenger or victory or 
superstar masters, masters. Uh, so the, the it's valorant rank is it valorant rank if you get yeah. the whole way to the top um you actually get a a, a pass to get into valorant so that's how oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's how, how you get a valorant pass <laughs> is you play legends of runeterra until whatever the top rank is that i haven't seen yet uh, but Silver has seen it, and that's the, that's the important part. So she's going to be coming on the show occasionally now um, as a returning guest to talk about kind of like what does the competitive 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 meta look like, uh, and kind of give us some shakedowns for that. Uh, but before we do jump in, there's something that's very very important, and I want to give a huge shout out to our latest patron our latest patron. So we got a new supporter over on patreon.com. And if you want to be a supporter of the show and bring a legends cast to literally more people, I don't know how many more, who knows? It could be tons. Um, you can become a supporter of us over at patreon.com slash legends cast. And our latest supporter is Brady S. So Brady, thank you so much for being a supporter of the show. You are awesome. You are incredible. And we definitely appreciate you so thank you for being like one of the coolest there's seven patrons now six patrons you're in the top six people in the world right now just in the top six coolest people <laughs> in the world mm -hmm. so thank you so much for being a supporter of the show we deeply appreciate it you give value for something that you see value and um thank you thank you that's really really awesome so we appreciate it but let's get into what we've been doing in legends of runeterra this week dbn i know you said that mm -hmm. uh you have some cool stuff to talk about but i think it's uh, it's appropriate that it's guests and ladies first so yeah makes sense silver what are you working on i know you got i mean you're a competitive player so you're a meta player but you also can kind of get crazy with it because you got a lot of youtube out there of off meta meme stuff as well so what have you been messing around with Oh, I have a really big list of things I've been messing around with. I actually spent three hours just building different decks last night. Didn't even play them, just built different ideas that I hadn't really seen yet. But one of my favorite ones right now is Unyielding Keg. So you play the kegs and then a bunch of like spells, like the Warning Shot, the Zero Mana Burst that does one damage to the Nexus. And you put Unyielding Spirit onto a keg, so then it doesn't die. And the keg stacks, so you just start stacking damage onto the keg. And then I was Ooh. able to make an OTK where I just played the burst spell and just killed my opponent that way. And that, wow. that's been my favorite deck right so now. <laughs> wait. So Unyielding Spirit is the eight mana Demacia card that makes things immune to damage and they cannot be destroyed, right? Yep. And is it so burst too? Is that redundant? It is a burst. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that changes to a fast maybe in the future, <laughs> but at the time it's a burst. And so the ways to counter it are purify which is like the silence card of demacia returning it to hand so like will of ionia there's mm. also like transform effects from p and z but those don't really play that often so really there are a few other ones but those are the two ones that people use and often people don't play purify on ladder because you don't know what you're up against so sometimes it's a dead card so it's not a, it, often if i don't see ioni on the opposite side i know i'm in for a good time wow and so you just make that keg immune and you can keep stacking kegs on it and yes. they can't get rid of it yeah and then you play something like riptide rex which is the eight mana seven four plunder do seven can can barrages and you know a can barrage is two damage to a unit but instead it goes off your keg so if you have like three kegs then you're now doing five damage to a unit and the excess damage goes to the enemy nexus and there's no units and it all goes to the nexus it's great it's that's so much fun to play <laughs> 
I love Riptide Rex too. Wow. But okay. My favorite card. Another question. If so, the when you use the kegs, they go away. But if you have the spirit card on it and you use the kegs, do they go away or do they just stay there? Nope. Because the kegs die by, or yeah, the kegs die by either doing damage to themselves or just dying. And because it says it can't die or have damage dealt to it, it doesn't die. If, it, if they were to be obliterated, that'd be different because the obliterate was a different thing than the dying itself. It's, you know, just completely going away. So yeah, they just stay there and they make the little explosion, but then the smoke goes away and they're still there. And that's how it works. Wow, that it's is a blast. <laughs> very interesting. That is, I did not, you know, I read that card, the spirit card that makes things unkillable. And I thought this is interesting. I don't think I'll see a ton of it because it's expensive. Um, but I was like, this probably enables something. And I was right. It does. It, I didn't see it at first, but it enables infinite kegs. Yeah, so it enables other things too. It's it's a pretty strong card right now. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Okay, so is that the deck out of all the ones that you're you're messing around with right now, and you're I mean, that's the one's got you the most jazz. That's what you're most excited for. Yeah, I I really like that deck. It's a lot of fun. Just it's very rewarding because it isn't a deck that just like it definitely obviously is a off meta, not a tier one steamroll deck. So it feels very rewarding to actually win with it. I would say I still had like a decent win rate, but it plays differently than any other deck in Runeterra right now. And just having alternate win conditions like that, I think is just good and healthy for the game. So being able to have something to mess with in that sense and make better, that doesn't mean it's going to be the best deck ever, but making it win that way more commonly is so much fun. I love it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I'm never good at seeing these things. Like right off the bat, I'm never good at like, Oh, if you do this with like, I'll read the card and I'll be like, yeah, that I, I could see that it could do something, but I'm really hard at like, it's really difficult for me to like put, put one and one together and make it work and like figure out the, the thing that's broken. Right. And and this isn't broken, but the thing that like, it was like, oh yeah, if you do this and this, it combos in some really cool way. Like I can see the pieces of the combo, but my brain never puts them together. I think. Yeah. Um, so it's awesome. I was going to say one thing, pretty much anything that just seems kind of wonky is generally it. But also, if you ever see anything that reduces the the mana cost of something, uh, that card usually is something. Like, there's a few cards in Runeterra that have that, and I'm just waiting for some other card to be printed that's going to make the combo busted. Because there are some ones I'm like, ooh... That that's really close, but we're not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We actually talked about that on some of the or the cards that we've reviewed in the past. Like, hey, keep an eye on this card. It 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 probably doesn't have all the pieces that it needs yet, but anything that reduces mana cost is typically exploitable at some time throughout the game. Yeah. Uh haven't seen it yet. But uh, DBN, you've been playing around with stuff and experimenting with some things. So what what have you been into this week in Runeterra? All sorts of garbage. I've been all over the place. And I say garbage, and I think that's accurate. Um, <laughs> uh, but a lot of fun. So I um, post up another YouTube video. I'm doing about one a week at this point, uh, which is good for, for me uh, and about all I can really handle. But it's it's fun. And it's a nice little creative outlet. Um, so this week's was a kind of mid-range um, kind of keg-based deck. Uh, with Gangplank and uh, Twisted Fate, because I can't not put Twisted Fate in things at this point. Like I agree. <laughs> He's I, real I, good. I, yeah. 
uh i'll i'll just i mean i'll be like i'll pick a deck and i'll get two factions and i'll pick the one that i want to build around and i'll be like hmm which other champions do i want to include and then the argument's always well is that better than twisted fate and the answer is usually no mm-hmm. <laughs> twisted fate so, all options yeah mm-hmm. it's pretty good yeah. Oh my God. It's it's just so it's just so flexible and it's it's kind of dumb. I mean, I, I I hope it doesn't get nerfed. I don't think it will. Um, you know, but I, I hope it doesn't because I don't feel like it's like like super over overbearing. It's just that it's the the base level is just so flexible and good, and it's almost like that's Bilgewater identity at this point. <laughs> yeah, I see it similarly. Where I see it as a very strong card, but I don't feel like it pushes out other. Th- other cards and ways to play the game and i feel yeah. like when a card's oppressive that's more of the issue i'm fine with strong cards being printed you know that makes the game mm-hmm. fun but when it's oppressive that becomes an issue and tf is just more of a he's not even really an enabler of any like oppressive things mm-hmm. either he's mm-hmm. just very knee strong and i really like yeah. that card yeah. yeah just just raw raw good stuff for sure um, so anyways, I, I built and I, I got some good feedback. Some people seem to enjoy it. A couple of people even reported they're winning with it. So that that made me happy because, you know, <laughs> I put the disclaimer out that these are just the the builds that I tinker with that work for me. Uh, and they're they're never really, you know, meta. You know, meta proofed, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just kind of, you know, I'll, I'll usually have an idea of what kind of decks I want it to be able to beat. And in this case, it was like I want to be able to handle you know, other aggro, not other, but I want to be able to handle these fast aggro decks and be able to clear things really consistently. Um, but I tell you what, I the thing that Silverview said that I was like so on board with, Riptide Rex is just amazing. Such a fun and card. So fun. It's, I just, I've, so I've been, I've got Riptide Rex in like three different decks right now. Um, <laughs> and I, I actually, so I actually was hanging out with my dad uh, a couple nights ago and we were just playing casual against each other in the same room. Oh, that's fun. And I got, yeah, it was, it was fun, you know, and I just didn't feel like, you know, getting online and playing against other people because I was tired. It was after work, you know, and I was like, you know what, you want to just play some casual games. So we were just trying out a bunch of goofy stuff. And I got three games, three different decks with Riptide Rex lethals. It was amazing. He was getting so pissed off at Rex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really any Uh, mid-range Bilgewater deck, I'm throwing Rex in it. That's my top end. (laughs) It's such a good, it's so good. I mean, you know, it can be reach, it can clear things, like reset the board for you. And I mean, it's, it's real good. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. But uh, yes, I played that, put that on the on my YouTube and, and really enjoyed it and got some good feedback on that. Um, I also recently crafted up and just I mean, it is this is a terrible deck, but it's really fun. And I think there's potential here. It just is. It, it's probably not what I've built that has the potential, but I think the synergies are are like interesting. But I built a, a uh, one drops deck uh, like I talked about last week. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I bit yeah. the bullet. I crafted three fizz. Oh, uh, yep. And I crafted a couple other interesting things and I'm almost out of crafting materials. Uh, actually, I have some gold left that I had spent that I'm hoarding for, I don't know, new emotes or something. But um, yeah, so but I didn't want to use it all on like commons and rares and stuff that didn't feel worth it to me. Um, but basically it's one drops mo- like it's called uh, there can only be ones <laughs> and uh it it actually that it breaks that rule. There are a few cards that there's not just one drops, and so that's Professor Von Yip, uh, which I really wish this guy had four defense. Um, he's but the guy who that's buffs. Okay. He buffs the one drops, right? Yeah, he's yep. the four mana two three and um, 
P and Z. Whenever you summon a one cost ally, grant it plus two plus two. So I've got him in there. Uh, I've got, uh, and then I have uh, a whopping uh, nine, uh, excuse me, 12 uh, elusive one drops. Holy so I cow. Have, I have Daring Poro, Fizz, Teemo, and Prowling Cutthroat. Uh huh. Um, and then I'm running pick a, or I'm running, yeah, pick, uh, excuse me, Pocket Aces. I'm running Suit Ups, which have been killing it for me. Uh, and like in and when I get them at a reasonable time in the game, suit ups are have been the only thing that have really been been really working with these one drop synergies, <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> the only time you've won is act this deck's actually it's, called suit up. And this is the only Yeah, that might as well be the or only just deck like that suit up wins games for you. <laughs> yeah, no, really. I mean, uh, but suit up is but yeah, so basically like you, you play a bunch of one drops, make them elusive, and then buff the crap out of them. And if I can get Von Yip on curve. He's amazing because inevitably like I'll drop him. Uh, and then I've also, so then I'm running like, um, like jailbreaks and the other, I was wanting running the three mana summon two one drops. Um, but I, I did cut that. I'm running pot. Um, excuse me, pick a card for a lot of card draw and pool shark. Pool shark is really great for these Bilgewater yeah. aggro yeah. decks. Pool shark is a very strong card actually. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, it just like it's not something I think you want to play in like you know mid range or or um, uh, control, but just strictly it's just a strictly aggro card because um, it replaces itself, gets a little body on the board, and when you have you know Von Yip or something out, you know buff it, so that's cool. And then the the the, the part that okay, this deck's I mean this deck's bad. Okay, eventually I'll make a YouTube <laughs> video on it. It's so bad. It's just uh, a bad. Deck. It, it has the promise. I put in augmented experimenters in this deck. Because inevitably you run out of cards, right? I mean, it's an aggro yes. deck. It's not particularly, it's not burn. You need to be hitting the face. They're going to have removal. And it did seem like I ran into an inordinate amount of like uh, Karina controls and stuff. Oh my gosh, all it's everywhere beings. right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of miserable. Uh, we will next week, I think we should talk because I think it, in two weeks, they're going to have a balance patch. So I think next week we should do some predictions on, you know, what we think needs to be rotated or not rotated, but adjusted. adjusted sure. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, augmented experimenter. I'm I have yet to draw it, darn it, but I'm convinced it would be a really cool top end uh card for this deck. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm excited for that to actually show up. Uh, and then finally, and I know I've been talking for a while, but I've I just have so many cool thoughts and ideas about things. Uh, I want to um, I want to kind of not a retraction, but like an am amendment, an addendum. Uh, to my an last an week's addendum, if you will, an addendum, if you will, <laughs> to last my my ragging on uh, deep decks and Nautilus last week. Um, I still have a lot of the same issues. I don't like how much you have to commit in deck building um, because I think that, like, ultimately, I think it's still going to end up down the road to be a the, the how much you have to commit in deck building to making the archetype playable is going to hurt its longevity. Um, and I think it still has some like kind of frustrating matchups, but I did find finally, and, and I want to make this clear. I've tried so, so many Nautilus and deep decks in different builds, different iterations, and I hadn't been happy with them, but I finally found one that I'm happy with, um, that somebody linked in our discord and there was like this write up on it. And I was like, okay, like I can see where this is going in a different direction. And this is a direction that it really, uh, is kind of getting at what I was talking about last week, which is that you have to, you, it, 
the way the obvious way to play it, I think isn't the best way to play it. And maybe other people were on this and I just somehow missed it because I wouldn't put that beyond myself to like miss the good version of the deck as it floats around for a week. You know what I mean? And like just we bounce around and hey. see all the bad versions. I would not put it past myself. We ain't but trying to get try. on Reddit and look things up. Come on, scrolling. No, and, no. Yeah. we ain't no. trying to scroll. Nope, 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 nope. Forget that. No, I, I'm not a scroller. Yeah. Uh, but I did find a build, and it's the one that, and I found, I thought this was brilliant. It's a, a nice, clean answer to exactly what I was talking about, which the problem with Nautilus, and I still stand by, I really wish he did something when he comes into play. Um, but the problem with him being um, Vengeance. Will of Ionia, etc. Um, the atrocity solved the vengeance problem, and you even brought that up last week, and I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't messed with that, and I, I'm already really happy. Like there was a game I still would have lost despite having a favorable matchup, but atrocity single handedly won me the game. Oh, so um, strong, yeah. It's really strong in this deck, and it's a nice clean answer with Nautilus when they try to remove it, assuming you have, you know, either full man on the turn that you play it or or not. Uh, on a future future turn, having at least six mana, it's great. Um, but the other thing is Mist's Call, and Mist's Call being a nice answer as well. To I drop Nautilus, they immediately vengeance, I get it back. Yeah, at a um, cheaper rate than what? Right. Mm -hmm. And this build also basically said, well, we're not going to bother running anywhere near as many sea monsters as a lot of other people, um, and because of that, we're also not going to run Lore of the Deep. Um, hmm. instead we're going to just triple down on removal and make sure we can get deep really fast running dreg dredgers, jettisons, all that stuff um, and rely on the jaw hunters uh, to create the sea monsters that we'll eventually use outside of abyssalize and devour of the depths hmm. interesting and I haven't lost with it yet now there's some games now, and to be fair I still don't think it's amazing. I really still am not sold on on deep uh, as a as a longevity. Is this going to be amazing down the road? I, I'm still not sold on it. It this build was felt like it made a lot more sense to me. Um, and I'm not running Maokai in this one. That that person ran Maokai, and I said I still don't like that. I'm going to go TF uh, in Maokai's spot, <laughs> and I haven't regretted it. Yet. I'm going to find a way to get <laughs> TF into this. I have to, right? <laughs> Um, but, you know, like triple withering whales and grasp of the undyings and all that stuff makes for a little bit more healing, a little bit more survivability. Um, sure. And yeah, I, I'm I have only run into mid range or controls. I'm still convinced that it's not going to be able to survive or, or rather that the draw inconsistencies because you're running a lot of like cards that are dead in certain matchups just to make sure that deep works you, you you get deep um i'm still not convinced but it, it definitely is something that like i was very i think you know in typical fashion of me just being a contrarian i i was so um and not anti-deep but so so critical of it last week that i immediately said well let me see if i can prove myself wrong and, and try a bunch of other deep this week <laughs> well i'm glad you figured it out because i think it's fun to play I think it's a fun deck to play and it gives people some new creative ways if you're if you are missing out on it you can join the discord and find the find the deck code in there somewhere um someone would be more than willing to, dbm would be willing to yeah, share it, was, it with you yeah i mean this is and i changed the one that somebody linked to um to accommodate my uh, twisted fate and my lack of maokai's but also disdain for maokai 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, nice. yeah, I'm happy with it. And and that was a nice, I was pleasantly surprised and happy to be, if not completely wrong, just maybe not completely informed. And so that felt cool. Uh, so there's my addendum slash retraction for last week. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, I got to play a good bit of uh, LOR this week. I, I, my main focus was actually getting ready for the show. So I was playing MF Scouts, um, which is pretty strong. Um, it's fun. I don't know that's as strong as its pure Demacia counterpart, but um, it's it's fun. I, I like it. I'm playing with the allegiance from the Demacia set that buffs the board because that deck card is still really good um even after they nerfed it it's still really strong and so i was playing that however i did finish ionia this week so i got the ionia card back which i'm pretty pumped about i have the frail yard card back the ionia card back and of course i got uh more more champs so i'm actually at the point now where if i just finish out every experience line i will have three copies of every champ and i have enough to craft seven or eight champs um, right now. So, uh, <laughs> so I have plenty of stuff to finish the collection. I actually have to slow down cause I can't be crafting anything. Um, so, uh, but I, I got my third Quinn this week and that allowed me to play the Quinn scout deck. And it was a tremendous amount of fun. And I'm kind of a collector like that, that, it, that tickles a special spot up in my cranium. Like when I get new stuff and I see the experience parts growing up at one point before the patch, that's like fixing the experience. I did finish a game and get negative 3600 experience um i have no idea how that happened the experience i actually gained experience but it said i got negative 3600 um it was one of the experience was some of the most wonky garbage that <laughs> i've seen i'm so thankful that the bones of the game are good because some of the interface stuff is just has been messy and uh a weird thing mobile yes that yes it was on it was on mobile yeah yeah, I think that's that's got to be the issue. I mean, the only I keep hearing about all these issues you have with the XP, and I've I've only ever had one, and it was on mobile. Yeah, it, it's been on mobile because I've been playing on the iPad a decent amount. Um, just because it's easier with kids and stuff, I can sit on the couch and you know they can watch a show and I can right, jump right. on the iPad. I mean, I'm, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I played a lot of that. I climbed up into silver one this week, I think. Um, which considering I was only like gold three last time, I think that I'm happy that I climbed a little bit, um, and had a great time with that. It was, uh, I, the, the, the Quinn MF scouts deck is a lot of fun, a lot of fun to play and, uh, and really strong scout is really strong. I didn't. And then, uh, the times when you get a scout on the board and you attack and hit face, and then you get to attack again, and then you play citrus courier and you get your third attack in for the round. <laughs> it just feels unfair. It just feels in the fact that the little two mana, two, three guy that buffs the guy to the right of him with plus one, plus one, that buff doesn't go away because it stays for the whole turn. So you can actually buff the same thing three times if you get three attacks in. Didn't realize that worked like that. And that was pretty stinking cool. Um, I will say this. The meta is absolutely was swamped at the beginning of the week with Zed Fiora standalone decks. And no. when I was playing casually and I came up, I just auto surrendered. It's like, oh, you have Zed and Fiora in your deck. I quit. Uh, I don't want to play against it. It's not fun. I hate it. Um, and then the second half of the week has been all a Vi, which came out of nowhere. Everyone's like, Vi is terrible. Don't play Vi. Everyone hates Vi. And then everything has been Elise, Vi, Corona, Carolina, 
Castro, Castanova control, whatever Karina. the Karina, whatever the <laughs> Castanova Corona control, uh, Corona, Corona, no. Castanova control, whatever it is, has been. I'm being so controlled by it, it's controlling my game as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I was not been uh, th- those decks haven't been fun to play against, but I haven't had a, I haven't had horrible matchups against them. They've been fun to learn how to play around some of that stuff. Um, Silver, it was good to hear kind of like what you're messing around with. Um, And you have been on the show a couple of times in the past, but we have a ton of new people who are listening to the show and finding out about LOR right now because it's brand new out there. So why don't you tell us, being your guest this week, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, a bit about your background, kind of how you got into card games uh, and just get, you know, let the audience kind of get to know you some. Well, um, I started playing card games in 2014 when Hearthstone was released, I think in the open beta or right after it, and I played that for two and a half years, and I stumbled upon the Elder Scrolls Legends, which I played for about two years as well, and that game is unfortunately discontinued, and LOR came out, so I was like, all right, cool, new card game, and absolutely fell in love with it, and uh, just really like all the things I can do, all the deck building opportunities. And the community has been really great too. It's been a really nice spot. Tussle had a great community and a lot of people from Tussle also moved to here. So that was pretty nice. But this community obviously is much bigger. But yeah, um, there's not too much more to say. I did some casting for the Elder Scrolls Legends and I played in tournaments as well. And I'm kind of back and forth right now in Runeterra where I've mostly been focusing on making content and mostly meta meme decks uh, but I hope to get back more into casting again once more tournaments start popping up heck yeah and you forgot to add the part that you're awesome <laughs> that was you were supposed to lead with that hi I'm Silverfuse and I'm awesome and you do hi, I'm rebranding from Silverfuse <laughs> to awesome <laughs> uh, and you have YouTube you have YouTube things tell us about your YouTube yeah, I do a lot on YouTube. Um, I've posted every day this month so far, but I try to post close to every day. And my goal for me is definitely to post every day. And my goal in that is I do some meta decks, but I've been doing a lot of my own builds too and things that I feel like. I feel like in Legends of Runeterra that there are usually like three or four, like a handful of decks that I feel like are just played a lot and dominate the meta. And I feel like that there are counters to this and often people aren't used to building counters to the deck so they're just not for sure like what to play and i try to do things like that a little bit more and say like uh you know for an aggro is really common here's this you know heal um heal mid-range control deck that you can play to counter it for instance and that's something that i've been working on more is trying to identify what people are struggling with in the meta and then showing hey this is what you can play against it have a blast <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah, so definitely go check out Silver's YouTube, and we'll we'll plug it big time at the end be- before we're out of here. Um, I do want to move into out of out of like our opening banter weeks in in LOR and move into our segment on the competitive meta right now, which is where Silver's going to take over, and then we're going to talk about the the decks that we've encountered from that. 
However, I do want to say one thing real quick, and that is that on my way, I was I don't had to drive somewhere today, so I got in the car and I drove past the local coffee shop, which is closed down right now. And I remembered whenever Hearthstone did their taverns. Do you remember the Hearthstone taverns that you, you look you could like host? And you could get like the warlock yep. hero portrait or whatever. So I did that because I wanted the warlock hero portrait. And then I ended up just like hosting them at the coffee shop every week for a couple of months. And it was really awesome. I actually met some like random blokes from the community who were looking for a tavern to go to. Um, and a couple of guys like randomly came out. And I was like, man, that would be so cool. That was like one thing that people kind of ragged on Blizzard a little, Hearthstone a little bit. Maybe it didn't go off as quite as well as they'd hoped. It wasn't quite as big. Um, but I've actually found that, like, I really wish that they would do that. That was actually a ton of fun when I actually tried it out. And I don't know if we'll ever see that sort of social engagement from the LOR and the Riot team. But I was just thinking today, man, that would be really cool. I would totally host once the, you know, the quarantine and stuff is over um i would totally host like a tavern quote-unquote tavern like experience at the local coffee shop have a couple of people jump on wi-fi and play some casual games together and share deck codes um i hope that we get something like that that was just a thought that occurred to me um i don't know i just thought that those taverns were really cool did you guys either of you guys ever go to a hearthstone tavern meeting yeah you went um, to some yeah my college held one on oh, just on cool. campus it was pretty fun and Blizzard would give us, uh, they gave the people that organized it, like, things to give away, too. And actually, when a pillow <laughs> that I have, like, at my desk right now still, usually my cat sleeps on it, but it's, like, the Hearthstone symbol pillow. Yeah. So they always had little fun things like that in little tournaments. I competed in one of the tournaments, but I was not taking uh, card games very se seriously at the time. Mm. It was just more of a, hey, this is, you know, 50 feet away from me. I might as well go. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah, that that's awesome. That's really great. Well, uh, yeah. So, Blizzard, if you listen to this podcast, which you likely don't, um, I would love for there to take on a huge endeavor and um and organize a, mean riot. Uh, yeah, riot. Whatever. Right. Whatever the name of the company is. Um. Yeah. Dude, I, don't I don't know, know the why name Blizzard of the would listen. I I highly <laughs> doubt Blizzard's listening. Um. Riot. I doubt you're listening too. But if you are, um, just you know, casually organize a global network of community meetups for your game. Just. Just do that. Not too hard. Yeah, just do that for me. You see, and put it right into the app and just integrate it. It'd be great. Um, well, let's move on. Before we move on to the next segment, which uh, we're talking about the competitive meta right now, um, I do want to highlight the fact that we have a hat giveaway. So my the hat is on my head right now. I don't know if DBN's yeah, is on too. his head. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to oh, spin around DBN. for all, the, all oh, three of okay. our viewers. Look at that. Look at that. So we have a Legends Damn. cast flat brim snapback flex fit hat it's a really nice hat and uh, i love the hat and you can get one if you're lucky you go leave us a five-star rating and review on the old itunes at the end of each month we draw a name from the hat and uh a name from a hat for a hat and then if you win you send us your address on discord or over email and we ship you a hat so i shipped out the first batch of hats this week and we have i don't know maybe another 10 or 12 to go out over the next several months so uh definitely go and leave us a five-star rating and review we'll give you a shout out on stream read it on stream and then we will enter you in the drawing to win a hat and i don't i don't know if we actually read gray jedis did we read gray jedis uh no time like the present yeah okay he said good host good show it really is just that simple the number of podcasts for lor seems to be steadily increasing and i'm definitely starting to see the difference between the wheat and the chaff good oh, job y'all 
Oh, we did read that one. I love being called wheat. So I just, you know, anytime that I can read the word chaff and wheat on stream, I try to take advantage of that. Um, I mean, so, that's fair. I mean, yeah. it makes us sound rather sophisticated. Yeah, sure. Um, biblical, even, some would say. Um, so uh, go ahead and uh, leave that. Leave a rating review like that one. That would, that would be really great. Yeah, just like that one. If you just say, just say, Copy Mark is the wheat. Mark is the wheat. Write that in your yeah, just in the review. He'll love it. The thing I like about the show is all of the wheat in it. That's that's what right. I love. All of the wheat, uh, and then and then let's get Debian out of here because this this guy's chaff if I've ever seen. It. <laughs> uh, so. uh, I promised the banter was over. I promised it. Okay, you can't stop me. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our next segment, looking at the competitive meta. Let's boogie. <laughs> Silver, this is for you. Tell us a little bit about what is going on at the high ranks. What's going on in the competitive scene? Because we don't know. We have no idea. We don't even know what's happening. So tell us, you inform us and enlighten us so that we can be better gamers. Um, You probably know more than you think you do because I think a lot of the decks that are across uh, the higher ranks right now, uh, excluding Master, because Master tends to actually go more back to the meme side as people experiment. I'd say like in Plot and Diamond right now, very similar to Silver and Gold, where we're seeing a lot of burn aggro, which isn't surprising to anyone, I don't think. The deck is very quick, which makes climbing and grinding ladder super efficient. And I mean, if you lose on turn five, you're just going to go play another one. So like I said, very, very efficient and very effective too. It has, a, I guess, in not things that you don't interact with is the best way to describe yep. it. So it's, um, did you draw your nice burn cards and did you play them? And oftentimes it seems like the answer is yes. I believe it has like a little under 60% win rate right now. And that's with people countering it pretty consistently too with different types of heal decks. After that, I would say Bannerman aggro is still very, very up there. And that doesn't surprise anyone, I don't think either. Demacia mid-range has been incredibly strong. And then we saw the loyal Badger Bear get printed along with Grizzled mm. Ranger which are just oh. two nuts cards that I could probably go on a rant on, but <laughs> I think everyone we, can we go on a rant have. on it. Yeah, yeah. We, did, we did rant on it. When it was the first cards that we reviewed, we looked at Grizzled Ranger and we were like, this is bonkers. What are you doing? This is bonkers. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oof. yeah, so I I expect both those two cards to get hit, or if not the, the Badger Bear that inherently nerfs the 4-1 too. So that's very common. And then for me personally, um, haven't seen, I've seen quite a bit Lux and Karma. I'm not for sure if I'm convinced it's a tier one deck. It's at least tier two, but that's very common, popular, popularized by BBG, Bruised by God, who's a Twitch streamer that is very good at Legends of Runeterra. And he's been pushing this deck really hard and it, it performs very well. I'm a bit biased because I'm fond of the deck because I love Lux from League of Legends and that's what I used to get Masters last season and the deck has just been buffed since then. Then I would also say Karina Control, which you all talked about some, as well as the Karma Ezreal are both not as popular, or at least where I've been playing. I haven't seen much Karina Control. I've seen a little bit. I haven't seen much Karma Ez, but I think part of the reason that deck just takes a long time to play sometimes and it's very tedious to play and can just get beat down by the burn aggro. So I think that's part of the reason that the decks being keep kept down. Assuming that Burn Aggro receives some kind of nerf, I expect Karma Ezreal just to start dominating the game again. And uh, well, hopefully, hopefully that gets touched too. But that mm -hmm. was something I was really worried about before this expansion is that we would have the same kind of deck still 
really being the dominant ones. And unfortunately, that's more or less what's happened here. Um, I would say Heimer Vi is the one of the newer ones, but really it's a Heimer deck with Vi instead of Karma in it. You know, a bit mm. more mid-rangey than controlly. But it does worry me a little bit seeing Barryman, Burn Aggro, Karma, Ezreal, Karina Control, and then a Heimer deck. Uh, I understand that the you know there weren't really that many new cards in the other regions. It was mostly Bilgewater region, sure. but not seeing a tier one Bilgewater deck at the point right now that is a bit worrisome to me. But I do find Bilgewater to be one of the most fun factions, so that is like a really big positive. It I think it makes a lot of different things available to us that we didn't have before. So that was quite a bit. Of course, there's other decks too. I see like the Elusives as tier two, which. I really like when Elusives aren't tier one because that's mm. another deck I personally have a bit of a problem with the way that those play, kind of like Burn Acro. We've also ranted like about that deck. Low. Yeah. It's... I, wonder who, I wonder who complained about that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they who endure is another common one too. But yeah, that's uh, how I see it right now. Like I said, I am a tiny bit worried just because I see like Sea Monsters as like a tier three deck. And I would like to see that be better being a new archetype. You know, Riot has talked about they want like 10 decks, which I think is the idea of it's pretty crazy. Right now, they're pretty successful technically with five or six tier one decks, but they want like 10 decks to be, you know, very, very playable and new and fresh. And I think that Bilgewater did add a lot of new and freshers to the game, but it was what I expected it to be, where it was for like a week. And then people were like, Demacia is still really good. Why aren't we playing Demacia? And there it is, just taking over the meta again. So I guess that's what I see it as. Yeah. So okay. So we have we have Burn Aggro. That is is that Noxus Bilgewater? Or is no, it Noxus Fiendsy? I don't think there's a tier one Bilgewater in my opinion. Okay. They're very well. That doesn't mean there won't be because I feel like there's mid range Bilgewater with like Riptide Rex and stuff. I think there's a lot mm. of potential there, and that just hasn't been explored yet. And sure. I think part of the reason is because I think burn aggro does just push a lot of things out right now. I think it's oppressive. And I think it that's also, one of the reasons we don't see experimentation. It also forces a lot of mid-range that ideally would need to improve their efficiency in the top end to be able to handle the variety of different controlling decks. Yep. You've got, you know, Ezreal and Karma, you've got Karina, all these different late game decks you would ideally need to add some variety, add some different options in your top end, but you're forced to bring your curve so low if you want even a shot against that burn. Mm -hmm. Yep, and it's so popular right now, you can't afford just to take the loss on it each time. And really, mm -hmm. if you're having decks that they're that polarized, that's an issue too. Yeah. yeah I would so say it's another issue with Karina Control. Those matchups are extremely polarized. Some you win, not I can't say automatically, obviously you have to play the game, but some you know when you go into it, you're very likely to win. Some you know you're very likely to lose. And I think that generally is unhealthy. But I think for the most part, right, it does a really good job of making it where most matchups are at worst 45-55. But there are definitely exceptions to that. Oh, yes. Oh, there. Yeah. Well, and if you, oh, play, going to be. if you play the garbage stuff that I'm playing uh, in, <laughs> in Frailyard because you're obsessed with it being good, um, there's definitely some matchups that are really, really, really bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just... I was going to say, with the exception of They Who Endure, Frailyard is hurting bad. Yeah. And I a lot of it. I think a lot of that is is because burn aggro exists once again. Like I said, I feel like it's oppressive because burn aggro, they don't care if you frostbite something. Mm -mm. Their their boom crew rookie got the two damage in it anyway. Like who cares? I hate and, boom crew you know, rookie. <laughs> I hate that. So, card. 
I think that's one of the things. I feel like there are probably Frolicor decks that can do very well against mid-range Demacia, but because they just lose so hard to the burn aggro decks, I think that just pushes them out. Yeah. And I think that, I think burn aggro, like, I get it. Some people argue, like, you know, the stats for it aren't that great and stuff, too. I think it oppresses the other decks, and you also have to be careful, too, because I have had a problem not looking at the emotional aspect, too, where losing to burn aggro is one of the least fun things to do. It just is. And it doesn't matter if it's the strongest thing or not. It makes people unhappy, and it makes them, you know, close the app. And I think that's an issue as well. So let me just go through each one real quickly, because if we do have new listeners who are brand new to the game, some of these decks are stuff that we're all familiar with, right? Because they haven't actually, many of them are not actually new. But let me just go through the regions real quickly. So Burn Aggro is PNZ and Noxus, and it can go championless, right? And it typically does. You don't necessarily need champions in that deck. Yes. Another issue with the deck. Yes, another <laughs> issue. Deck. Yeah. Okay. Champions. Demacia mid-range is a solo Demacia deck, correct? It doesn't run any other faction, and typically Fiora and Garen. Am I right I about mean, that? I don't see splashing wrong in Bannerman decks. Like I there's lots of different things you can argue. Sometimes the meta calls for splashing and deny, for instance. Okay. Um I sometimes there was some other thing that I like splashing in some. Um a little bit of bilge water just be think i think that jagged butcher is just such a nudge card that card is crazy good um i think splashing like five or less cards in from a different region i can't really call that wrong assuming that those are impactful cards okay sure um but primarily it's demacia primarily yeah. if you have fiora and garens you might be able to work towards that build um yep. then then we have uh we have the Car- Karina control right and that is PNZ and Shadow Isles and that's running Elise and typically Vi right now so if you yep. if you like that combination you have some Shadow Isles you have some Elises which you do start with um you don't actually need the Vi's for it because it had not run the Vi's no. before it had been in a, like a spiders with Karina at the top end um and then you yeah, have yeah. Ezreal Karma which is well, PNZ I think, worth, oh, go ahead. I, think I think it's worth pointing out for Karina control that you do need Karina, which is an yes, epic. which epic. is an epic, um, and, and you also need Commander Ladros, which is an epic. Mm-hmm. But you if you're doing that. your logins, you should yeah. get one. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you'll get you'll get Commander Ladros through the logins right now. That's definitely true. Yep. Yeah. So the next one is Ezreal Karma, which is kind of like a combo control deck. That's obviously PNZ and Ionia, and that is going to run Ezreal and Karma. So if you've gotten Ezreals and Karmas. And you really like sort of a, a controlly style that combos off at the end. It can be a little finicky to play, um, and people hate it. But it is it is yeah, a really well, strong deck. I'll hate you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> DBN will personally despise you. Um, yes. Did I hit all of them? That was all like the top five, right? Uh, I think yeah, I would so. say like Hyra Violux Karma. Okay, uh, yes, that's right. Kind of similar to the Ezreal Karma, except Demacia. Okay, um, sure. I mean, there maybe I shouldn't say similar. That's probably the wrong thing to say there. But another card that capitalizes, or another deck that capitalizes off of getting Karma to duplicate spells to kill your opponent, because Lux Karma is, I mean, it can control your opponent to death too, but mm-hmm. the finisher is Lux plus Karma equals, you know, seven damage or whatever to nexus because of the final sparks getting duplicated and mm-hmm. they have an overwhelm damage one of the few spells that we have that have overwhelm damage and heimer by is just a mid-range play heimer play lots of flashes 
get a bunch of things out and there you go now <laughs> what do you combine with with Heimer so Heimer Vi they're both PNZ so what is the other faction that goes in that deck um it is Ionia because Ionia. it has a lot of three cost spells yep and three cost spells are very good with Heimer because you can use them to protect him when you play him on five with three mana play your flashes then you can play something like twin discipline to protect him and also too it has deny in it which is good <laughs> which is yeah. good to have especially when you're seeing quite a bit of the lux karma decks right now on well, the three um, mana spells also give you the elusive bot yes i meant to say that earlier but yes having the elusive three one for zero mana pretty nice it's a huge swing in tempo because they, you know, you got to protect all your stuff and they can't even attack your things mm -hmm. yeah. or block your yeah, things. Yeah, block your things. Now, DBN, has this been kind of your experience, uh, the meta that uh, Silver uses? I think the meta that Silver Fuse is describing is accurate, but um, has that been your experience kind of with where you're playing? What are some of the other things that you're seeing sort of uh, whether at your rank or in casual ladder right now? Yeah, sure. Um, so... I, everything that Silverfew says is 100% correct for most parts of the ladder, with the exception of the diversity at my rank, which is like mid-silver. And I am I have not attempted to ladder at all. I'm just <laughs> playing around with Bilgewater and Freljord, my two favorite factions, coincidentally, probably the two worst factions right now. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the only difference is there's not as even as much variety as that. Only things I've seen uh have been burn aggro which i've actually seen a lot less at silver because all those burn aggro players are further up the ranks yes <laughs> grind um, out them games yeah read the last three or four days i have had karina control every other game wow and it has been so obnoxious uh because like uh we talked about earlier and silver few said it aptly it's a very um what is sorry what was the word uh, isolated polarized thank you yeah. uh where like you know you either run into it and you are like yes this is a great you know win condition against this deck or you run into it and say well i almost almost can't win uh mm -hmm. and i mean i've pulled out the occasional win but i've been messing with messing around with mid-range quite a lot because i typically prefer mid-range play styles in most games and i think mid-range is in a really rough place which we talked about <laughs> Yeah, unless you're Demacia, yeah. Sure. <laughs> and I actually was excited because I was not super aware of the Heimerdinger Vi mid-range build. The only problem is I don't have Vi's. I'd have to craft them. Uh, but, uh, you know, being a, a mid-range build with Heimerdinger, because I've been staring at my Heimerdingers like, well, what am I going to do with this jabroni? Uh, so now <laughs> I'll have to have to mess around with that. But, yeah, no, I, I think there's, there's not as much variety there. We're not seeing, like, the Lux... Like, we're not seeing the harder to pilot, I think, ones. I'm not even seeing Karma Ezreal so much. Mm -mm. Um, I will I say the only thing Karma I'm seeing... Ezreal as much. Hmm? I said I haven't seen Karma Ezreal as much, but I think it's, I think it's, the it's duration not good of the for games. climbing because it takes so yeah. long. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the only thing I'll say that I've seen a lot of that you didn't mention is Standalone with Zed Fiora or yeah. some grouping of those things. I and I have major... And the thing is, like, there are fine, there are, there are matchups that are fine against that, but I have major issues with standalone, which we talked about last episode. <laughs> yeah, and I've uh, about that card. Hmm. I've complained about that card. Yeah, I, I'm really hoping it gets moved down to fast, um, so I can then, because the problem with that card is that like 
you know they want to play it, but you know they're not going to play it until they swing, you know, until you and until you mess try to mess with their character, then they'll play it. You know, I don't think they'd and, ever move it to fast though. Well, th- no. my issue with it is that like it's so man efficient, especially because the stats stick around. Yeah. That uh, you know what you what you theoretically could do if it got moved fast is you say, okay, I see your Fiora or Zed. You either play this standalone and then I can kill your guy, or you don't play it if you think I've got the kill. If force it, I mean, yeah, it forces your hand. They're still ultimately like they're they're you know it, it the reverse being I play my removal and it just immediately draws out the buff, which instantly goes through instead of adding to the chain. You know, um, or, you know, in the, it'll work in reverse if it gets moved too fast. Will they do it? I don't know. I wish they'd do something with it because it's a it's just not a fun way to play because the game will snowball so ridiculously fast. And I had some cool wins. In fact, the um, the Bilgewater um, and uh, Noxus midrange deck that I have with with Gangplank and TF that I put my YouTube video up was I basically somehow masterminded my way out of you know a a um game where they had a 10 attack solitary monk is that the one with the loose yes don't yeah. like that yeah. somehow masterminded my way out of that one um and it was still like i mean i i i barely got out of it you know and it's just like but that's it's so consistent you know it's very um, consistent yeah, and so I've seen. That's the only thing that I've seen a lot of that 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 wasn't mentioned. And I I think it's it may not be as strong as those other decks, but it is out there. You know. Yeah, I mean, I played a standalone Lux Karma deck where I just passed my first two turns every mm-hmm. single time, and then you know played either heal or a, a elusive and put standalone on it, and it wasn't very popular at the time. I don't think people weren't really playing Karma Lux when I was playing it. And I would sometimes not even get to turn six because my elusive just killed them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. it just not work sometime. And it felt really dumb. Um, I feel like there's actually a lot of decks right now that it feels like if you're not running Ionia, you don't have a chance because um the undying or the unyielding spirit is a big one of them. Mm-hmm. Having will is so important in the meta right now. It is mm-hmm. nuts. And anything that buffs crazy like that, you know, the um the standalone decks. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, it doesn't matter so much against Karina control. Uh, Bannerman, it can be a pretty big difference on some of the cards. Uh, Sithira being one of them, that is a very, very strong turn six. Uh, it's extremely strong. I wouldn't be surprised if that card gets touched too. But just mm-hmm. having Will of Ionia is so important in the current meta because of unyielding, I would say, unyielding spirit. You have to have an answer to it or else you've lost the game. Assuming they can play it without losing too much tempo. Right. So you you brought up Sithria the Bold, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have been thinking more and more about how that card is kind of over overtuned in my in my mind. Um, oh yeah. Because it's so. such it's such a board, it's such a you know uh, win submitting card, you know, and it comes online for that mid range deck, which is so good at protecting their threats and snowballing a board. And it just, I mean, it's like it's like when you you know play token Seder and you just drop that that on curve divine fervor or mercenary captain. It was just like, okay, crap. But like yeah. even more so because the fearsome. Yep. Fearsome is nuts. Yeah. The fearsome, and, and then and sometimes I, the ability to attack. I mean, I, I've had it before where I attacked with a scout, mm-hmm. 
Then I attacked with Citrina. Then I played the Citrus Carrier, and she buffed my entire board twice. Yeah. It, yep. it, it just, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's It's not even a, it's not even a win more card. It's a now I win card, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's a game ender. It's a, I mean, it is a finisher, but it's such a accessible one, you know, and one yeah, that doesn't seem strong. to really have any drawbacks. Yeah, it's one I have to be really careful with because I'm like you. I love my mid-range, and what people define as mid-range ending the game can be different. Some people mm -hmm. say it's turn six or seven. Some say it's eight or nine. Control should be, you know, turn 12 plus. It's yeah. interesting. Uh, I feel like overall, Riot tends to, they're going more towards shorter games. So mm -hmm. I wonder if cards like Scythia, where it's a turn six mid-range, you know, cementing the game and often, if that's exactly how they want it to be. Um, I think that it might, like, I don't, it's not a card that I'm like, it needs to be nerfed, it needs to be changed, it's going to ruin the game if it's not. I feel that way about a couple cards. But yeah. Scythia is one that I'm okay because part of the reason is because it's my play style, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> sure. It's something I enjoy. If it became a 6-5, though, I do wonder how much it would still be played in some ways. Like, part of me wants to say, like, yeah, it definitely still be played, but I feel like it would be power crept in the future. And because it's part of the core set, I'm more hesitant changing that kind of card. But I do think well, it's, like, on the stronger side for sure. We've been kind of like kind of theory crafting the idea of you know there is no core set perhaps right it's and so really how does that affect well so so if you go and search cards build bilgewater has it's just integrated completely you can't search rising tides in base right which yeah, does which... give off the imp the implication you know that they're not thinking about you know rotation from a set perspective but from uh, a card potentially just hall of faming a, stuff hall of faming and we even thought about this a couple episodes back when we had laser chishin on was the idea of um you know you have to kind of be careful that you give people enough notice you know but because you weren't going around buying packs you were using the wild cards it's a little bit more forgiving to vault something especially if you like vaulted it temporarily and then if you create a and this is where like the runeterra verse the, the riot verse whatever you know becomes kind of applicable is the idea of like you can reprint a character that you vault in a sure. different in the same name but with different it. effect right you can re completely just say all right well this season garen's gone you're you know but he's coming back with new abilities next uh next season and if you have him you'll have him back if you don't have them, you can now make him. You don't need to make him right away. So, you know, I think that's an, I like the, that thought process of like, well, you know, because I think that's that base set, you know, base set needs to be consistent, needs to be relevant, you know, but I don't think that's how Riot is going to approach this just based so, on how they're different. So I don't mean to yeah. butt in, but I, and I hate to burst your bubble, but I'm going to. Oh, so the okay. recent patch that came out this week did something unannounced. And that is when you right click on a card or pull a card up, if it is from the recent set in the bottom right hand corner, it says rising tides. And if you pull up one that is not in the bottom right hand corner, it, it says foundations. So they actually gave oh. the original <laughs> vanilla set well, a name called foundations. <laughs> so as of Garen is, Garen is foundations and gangplank is rising tides. So they act, it didn't seem like they were going to, cause they didn't really run it yeah. out there. Like rising tides, rising tides. They sort of ran it out as Bilgewater, Bilgewater, it seemed like they might be able to fluctuate the factions in and out, mm -hmm. but it 
it, it they have actually well, given the base set a name now. It's called Foundations. Yeah, but there won't. Yeah, I'm. I get what you're saying. I hope they had a search function because darn it, I really want that. I want to be able to search yeah. rising tides only. Uh, but I still am not. I, I my theory has been mildly, you know, ha- hazarded. Got uh, a little hole in it. <laughs> sorry, I'm but, sorry. But 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 think about this. They'll never rotate rising tides, will they? Because it's a whole new faction. I, I hope not. That's something I kind of discussed with some other people because I'm not really sure what they'll do. Because um, rotating colors in regions can be dangerous just because, you know, the cards are balanced around that at the time. As well as the fact too, people like to play certain champions in certain playstyles. And each region does have its own thing, I feel like. It has its own yeah. idea to it. And when you take that away, it's kind of like you just lost part of the game all of a sudden. They just even if you look at it from you, you have to for this, you have to completely ignore mechanics and just look at business. Think about the outcry if someone's favorite faction got rotated out in favor. Even if it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if it was for a good mechanical reason, it you I mean, the game would implode. And I can tell you for sure that that would be the case because when old Legend of the Five Rings was sold from AEG to uh, Fantasy Flight, two years later, the reboot came out only for everyone to find out that we were two clans less. And the most, one of the most popular clans, one of the clans everybody was kind of like, yeah, okay, it was the villain clan. So we understand why there's no villain clan to start with, right? But when one of the most popular clans, the Mantis clan, a bunch of, you know, seafaring pirates like Bilgewater, sure. didn't exist. They lost a huge amount of revenue of people that said, I'm not playing this game until you bring my clan back. And I yeah. mean, it, it, it was super divisive. I mean, the game's great. And I, I like to think that like it attracted a different crowd because it's a very different style of game, this new version. It's, it's the same you know, lore, the same flavors, a lot of the same type of art. You know, and the story is really great, but the bottom line is it is a very different mechanical game, so it attracts a different breed of players. But the bottom line is they lost a lot of press when they made that decision to take something away that that universe had. You know, and imagine people buying those cards and then them getting taken away. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Riot would ever do that. I don't think they can. Um, Just exactly for that reason. Like, imagine if you were very, you know, Fucked on a hero in a playset, and then just all of a sudden it's taken away. Especially if they didn't do like a you know a wild or non-standard version or whatever you want to call it. I mm. do think they have to be extremely careful with that. Um, but I do think there will be reprints of champions pretty frequently. Well, maybe That's not what frequently. I think the best it's the right thing. I feel like they'll be like, all right, this is getting hall of famed, and we're making a new this other champion, or we're making this champion when they were younger. Like I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if like. They have a set where it's like the kid, the champions as kids. That would be so cool. Yeah, baby that would Lucian. That would <laughs> like, where they just do like that would be a really cool thing to do. But who knows? Yeah. Um. Oh, baby Braum. So got baby Braum. He's just bald Be with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so before we move on to our champion spotlight, uh, I have one last question for Silver Fuse, and that is for all of our people who are getting new into the game, what is currently the best faction to get into? And get your experience track on what is currently the worst faction. Best ones, PNZ. 
PNZ goes into everything right now. It's the only faction that really has like the true reach. Mystic Shot, like that is just that's a card. That's quite a card. So I'd say PNZ mm -hmm. is really up there. It's just it's got it all. It's okay. <laughs> it it's allows got, aggro, got... allows control. It just allows everything. Right now, of the top decks, it's like four of the five or six are PNZ region. Hmm. Well, and it's got a mass, like a ridiculous density of removal. They have so many yep. options. They can't fit them all in the deck. <laughs> already. True. Already. I mean, we know yeah. how that feels six or seven expansions. When they printed in. Gotcha, that's the first gotcha. thing I complained yep. about. I was like, what are they thinking? <laughs> yeah, that, yes. So what's the worst? What's the worst oh, one to start on? Freljord. <laughs> oh! I know. Right? Oh! like, is... I mean, I hope it gets changed, but it's like you so many cards that you get from Ferrell, from Freligord, you're just like, where does this go? What does this counter? It, yeah. it, it's here, but what do I do with it? And Can we... that's essentially Freligord right now, except for like they who endure is like the exception to it. But it's also highly carried by SI. <laughs> sure. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. It's because they who endure is Freljord, and that's about it. Besides that, it's like, all right, we got some vile feast, we got the withering whale, we got these uh ISI two drops. Like it's just <laughs> I mean, actually Freljord has some pretty good two drops, but it's just it's it's not there. Yeah. You you can blame Burn and Demacia for it. <laughs> Mostly well, you, Burn. You though. heard it here, guys. Uh activate that PNZ line and deactivate that Freljord line. <laughs> Unless you really like play style Freljord like me. And I mean, if you, you like Freljord, go for it too. That's you not to it. discourage anyone from playing <laughs> what they want to play. Okay. Well, hey, let's go ahead and um, we're ready. Let's move over to our, uh, our champion spotlight segment. That's Captain Fortune. So our champion spotlight segment today is looking at Miss Fortune. Miss Fortune is a uh, a bilge water champion, of course, because that's what we're champion spotlighting right now. She is a three mana, three attack, three health. Um, she says when allies attack, deal one damage to the battling enemies and uh, the enemy nexus. So you're going to deal one to all battling enemies and to the enemy nexus. And she levels up when you see her attack four times. Her leveled up version is a three mana four four with overwhelm. It says when allies attack, deal one three times to all battling enemies and the enemy nexus. So you you get the opportunity to level her up. She's going to deal three. So she but it's three at three different times, right? So she'll deal one and pop all barriers, and then she'll deal one, and then she'll deal one. So I think that's an important little thing to, to look at there. I've played a decent amount of Misfortune now. She was one of my crafts on day one because I thought that her and Gangplank were just really, really the most iconic characters for the new set. So I wanted to experiment with them. I have played her with Gangplank and it was awful. Um, and I have played her in a couple other places. It was terrible, but I, I have played, I think I played her with Sejuani a little bit too. This is just bad. Um, but I have, <laughs> I was just so bad, um, but I have played her. <laughs> yeah. I have played her in the scout deck, which is the, which is primarily Demacia to be fair. Um, but it runs misfortune. I'm, I now that I've played it, I don't actually know why outside of like I every time I've played Misfortune, she's been fine. But I'm like, I wish this was a Tomasia two drop. Um, 
you know, uh, I've, I've enjoyed her. I think that she's a lot of fun. She's engaging. I got a game in where I got Quinn and uh, MF leveled up on the same turn. And so I got to summon Valor and attack the uh, the most powerful enemy on the opponent's board and then deal three damage to everything. I had one game where they just didn't understand what was going on, which is sad, but it was fun for me. Um, and they <laughs> thought they were going to be really clever and they blocked with all their spiders and, and buffed their attack or something. And then she just Aww. she just cleared all their spiders. And I was like, and <laughs> makes me really sad. Actually. I know they gave like the face palm and then surrendered. But it, uh, it was fun for me. Gotta use that Oracle's eye. <laughs> <laughs> At least, yeah, yeah. Use Oracle's eye. It's on the side of your screen. It's very important. Um. So, uh, so I have I had... almost never used that. Uh, I use I, it all the time. I'm so I'm so used to doing the math myself from Tessel, which me had too. you do that a lot. You know, Tessa was always like, okay, uh, do the math. Uh, you know, I'm like, okay. this came in three turns. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so now I, I now I have like this, like I forget that there's a cheat code that allows me to see what would happen anyways. Sometimes, <laughs> I, sometimes I scroll across it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing is here. Look at this thing. Um, because I forget that <laughs> I, it's there I too. freaked myself out with it the other day. Because I, I scrolled across turn. it and like something exploded. I'm like, oh God, what did I do? <laughs> Someone lost. How? <laughs> um, so back to MF. I, I really, I really actually do like her. I think that she's a lot of fun. I don't think that she's fantastic. Um, I'm not guaranteed that she enables something that isn't better without her. Um, and I do see why people are playing the more purely Demacia list. I think most of the time I would be happier with Fiora in the deck over her. Um, if I'm playing, if I'm honest, like I think that Fiora's oftentimes draws more removal. Um, but there are times when she's really fun. She's just very easy to play around. Um, that's just my sort of initial reaction to her is like people just find ways to play around her because what she is going to do is very predictable. And so you just choose your blockers a little bit different so she doesn't clear things. Um, and I think that that predictability, it's, it's almost as like her power is to give your opponent all the options for her. And I, I don't like that. Like, I like me having the options. It's one of the reasons that I like Challenger because you kind of get the options with, with Challenger or making something vulnerable because you, that's why I like Sejuani because it kind of gives you some of the options um, as the person who's controlling the champion. It's kind of like I play MF, but then whenever I attack with her, I attack with, which she can stay on your bench, by the way, and use her ability, which is cool. But then it's still sort of putting the control in the hands of your opponent and saying, hey, choose how you want to block here, just by nature of how the game works with attacking and blocking. So I haven't been thoroughly impressed with her outside of like her artwork is very cool. Um, I will say this as, as somebody who doesn't love the depictions of women in the riot universe um very much um i think that they clothed mf very well um which i was afraid <laughs> that they would not because not all of mf's depictions have her clothed the very much was, her was, original league screen was uh yeah <laughs> yes so um kudos to you to riot for putting more clothes on her in my game i do actually appreciate that and i actually think she looks cooler that way so uh it actually makes me want to play her more just to be honest with you but i'm i'm more of like the the art direction for me is is more of like 
when it comes to female characters is female characters that actually look realistic. So um, maybe I'm sure that's personal preference. Um, but uh, anyway, either of you guys, I know DBN, you haven't had a ton of experience with MF. Um, Silver, I know that you've probably played MF a good bit because she was very popular. I think the first deck to Masters uh, in this season was that Scout MF deck. Yeah. It was pretty funny to me. I actually made like a very, very similar version to that with a few different changes to it. And so when I saw that it was the first semester, so I was like, oh, that was like my idea too. That's kind of cool. But um, I was personally, a lot of people were saying, you know, this champion's broken. She's going to be crazy. Like, what's her eye doing? And I, like, I wasn't quite that level, but I thought she was going to be much stronger than what she's shown to be. Um, you know, reading her abilities and stuff, it's like she just won damage to everything, like by barriers, by spiders. You know, it's like, oh, you know, all this stuff is, you know, not going to be able to be played with her now. But I think the fact that she's still three man, a three three, that oftentimes you end up not attacking with her because you want to make sure you keep getting value from her over and over again. And it's like, well, I can just, you know, play a badger bear or Fiora instead, where like I know I'm getting value every time because sometimes. The one damage isn't really doing much value for mm -hmm. you. Like that happens because like you said, you can just you can play Ranger's Resolve. You can just block differently. And you know, there's just a bunch of different ways that you can adjust to what she's doing where it never feels like you're just being punished by misfortune. And then on top of that, uh Crimson Disciple is a very popular card right now. The two mana two three Noxus card that does two damage whenever it takes damage and survives. Yeah. So playing that card it's just like oh you're gonna do a damage to me i'm gonna do two to you now so i think that's also a card that's kind of pushed misfortune out of it another card that i wouldn't be surprised went on the chopping block crimson disciple uh the two three but yeah i think I find misfortune pretty fun um but not as strong as i expected uh, she was also from League of Legends. I played her from level 1 to 28. So she does have a little bit of a special spot in my heart. And I want her to be better than what she is. But I feel like she's obviously not the best. Uh, this is a really weird thing in my head. There's a lot of times where I'm like, I really just wish she had a quick attack. But I think that would make her too strong. Quick attack would make her good. Yeah, because like, I think of Draven in some ways. If she'd just be a better Draven. <laughs> In a lot yeah. of ways, that'd be an issue. <laughs> that would be a big issue. What if instead of getting overwhelm at her second level, she picked up quick attack? Like she didn't start with quick attack, but when you leveled her up, she got I think got I it? like that better. I think I like that better. Because I'm not but sure really, how often the overwhelm is relevant. Well, honestly, how often is her level up relevant though either? Fair. Entirely fair. <laughs> it's usually, the game's usually pretty over by that point. You know, you've either rallied or had your tempo or... You got your board clear, then you lost. I have a question. Yes. When you attack with Misfortune and she puts uh, the Love Tap skill on the board, yeah. Um, that will resolve, and then the trades are made, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're telling me that if Misfortune attacks, um, I mean, you, you'll always get value once. Yes. Even if they then now, what if you attack and they get excited, misfortune before declaring their blockers? Will love tap disappear? No. Or will it will still go through? Once right. The skill is set. The skill is set unless you use deny on the skill. Okay. So in that case, and and this is I guess my question. Looking at this, and again, my experience on this is nil. Um. But I, I'm going to play devil's advocate and be 
this person who is like, I'm going to spin it as my opinion hasn't been tainted by trying to play her with silly Demacia. Um, <laughs> what, um, why, why, why wouldn't it be good to just play misfortune for the, uh, three, three. And then when you swing, you get a dope effect because if this wasn't a champion, wouldn't you play that three drop? Depends where you're playing her and what your game plan is. And like so, I said, I think Crimson Disciple. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Crimson Disciple <laughs> is definitely a it's a bad matchup situation there for sure. And he's and Crimson Disciples in the strongest deck, arguably, uh, or the meta warping deck, anyways. But but like take that out of the picture, right? If we're just You're looking at this, the Fiora argument right now, right? Yes, I'm I always 100% play, I play making Fiora. the Fiora argument. Yes. So for people that don't know, Fiora, the three mana three three challenger has the alternate win condition of if you kill four things, you win the game. But a lot of players, especially in Demacia, this isn't they don't care about the alternate win condition. Mm -hmm. It's a three mana three three with challenger. That's good enough. And that's how I played her for a long time now. And what Dead Broke Nerd is saying is that Misfortune is a three mana three three that does one damage to everything when you attack. And he's making the argument that that he feels like is good enough, which I don't think is a bad argument. Yeah, and I think in a world where Demasi is not super powerful and Bilgewater has a different place, that might, like, so maybe what you're saying is that MF is not bad, but she's just not good in this current meta. Right, and I'm saying, I th I think, well, no, I mean, maybe. Yes, definitely not good with all the <laughs> Crimson Disciples running around. Um, but what I'm saying is, I mean, what Silverfuse said, this is just a val good card, but I'm saying, are people getting trapped by the concept of using misfortune as a win condition and or trapped by the idea of wanting to get her leveled up and thus end up shooting themselves, ironically, shooting themselves in the foot by not using her body to attack or even defend? Um, because I mean, if, if you think about the, the, I mean, even with the effect on her, the loss of tempo you get, I mean, and I'm not saying like, you know, that with scouts, obviously that's a very different situation. But again, with Demacia being so strong, there's probably better cards like maybe Fiora because Challenger's busted than Misfortune. But if you take Misfortune out of the context of being paired with Demacia, wouldn't it just be better to say, kind of like with Twisted Fate, I'm going to drop this down. I'm going to use the effect once and I'm not going to freak out about whether I get more value after that. So maybe is is twisted fate being that ridiculously powerful all around her stopping misfortune from actually filling that role too um i think the main issue is is that in legends of runeterra a lot of our two drops are three twos and so you're constantly getting traded in by three twos that don't really matter that much and mm -hmm. hero spots are becoming or i should say champion spots are becoming more and more important and you're having more choices so only having six of those and usually a three and three becomes more important too when you have things like fiora um i would say like twisted fate like champions that are just good all around you have to decide why would i play play misfortune when i could just play fiora or why and some cases twisted fate too because i would much rather play twisted fate with a red card than play misfortune well with the ability to get the um the gold card as well, or the blue card based on the situation. Yeah. I mean, there are times when like, yeah, the red card does what misfortune does except better because it also hits the bench then more mm -hmm. and doesn't have to be attacking. Um, 
and then of course you have the situation where the gold card can sometimes just completely save you. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, and, and so yeah, like so I guess my argument here is saying misfortune is in the unfortunate position uh of she is a like a good value general three drop champion that wants to exist in a world where you're not really trying to complete her win condition index, but there's better but she's just not good all arounders that. that's pushing her out. Yeah, I think even something as simple as making her a 4-3 would put her there, but that would still be very powerful too. But I think just a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three, when we have 3-mana mm. four fours, even though she's doing one damage to everything, you can't ever um, assume that that one damage is going to be important enough in the meta. If we see a huge spider meta again, yeah, sure. But that's, you know, fallen off pretty hard now. Or potentially like a plunder-centric aggressive list. Yeah, sure. Jagged Butcher, we just talked about being really I good. I love that card. Yeah, it's very strong. You know, and I mean, that that this immediately turns Jagged Butcher on. And it doesn't matter if Misfortune gets traded into. You're replacing it with a one mana 3-3 three, three plus whatever. And it does yep. do the damage to the Nexus as well, like as just a attrition. I don't know. I like. I'm not. Again, this is me playing devil's advocate. I'm yeah. sure you guys have a better grasp of the situation. But it just seems to me that, like, yeah, the 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 situation that you perfectly described is what I've seen other people do when I played against it, and it always felt kind of foolish to me. Which is they play misfortune and then they sit around never using her in combat. Just she sits on the bench, you know, and and until I inevitably get around to playing gotcha or get excited or whatever grasp of the undying and just getting rid of her out of really more annoyance than anything else yeah in some ways it's almost like a phantom prankster in some ways yeah yeah so i mean yeah i think she does probably sit on the bench a little bit too long because by the time so let's say you're on turn three and you want to do you know three damage to nexus or creatures whatever that's three turns that have passed by where you have to be attacking that doesn't happen because the games yeah. are decided at that point either that or you need to be spamming rally effects <laughs> so i think one of the other things that's important to note too right is you have six champion slots three cost champions are important because there is one three cost champion in every single faction so uh Freljord has brahm Noxus yeah. has Draven, uh, PNZ has Ezreal, uh, Ionia, uh, Ionia has Zed, uh, Demacia has Fiora. Um, actually, it, there's two in Noxus because there's also a Katarina, and then you yeah. have Callista in in Shadow Isles, and then you have Misfortune, who's your other three drop, and that's in Bilgewater. I think it's important to note that when you're gonna splash something and you're looking for what is the best in this particular slot. Um, a lot of times you're the MF ends up getting beat out by a lot of the other three cost champions, right? Zed, I think is just better. I think Fiora yeah. is just better. Draven, usually better. Um, you're probably shouldn't be playing Freljord, so uh, don't combine it with that. Um, well, and then you probably shouldn't be playing Braum. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair. Um, and then with Callista, like Callista's the only way. Like if you're playing something that wants to, but Callista's so you know, Callista's pretty meh. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty meh. in general is kind of like mid lower pack too. Yeah, and they, like they and, faded hard. And when you it's are so playing Shadow Isles, you're playing Endgame. Yeah. 
Yeah. You it's where we it. just look at the master and you're like, three mana, four, four, three mana, four, four, three mana, four, four. <laughs> and yeah. just a lot of their cards in general. It's like, it's hard to make other choices because it's already so good. It's yeah. ridiculously good. So if you're trying to splash her to deal one damage to the board and one damage to the enemy nexus, you don't need her. You have TF. When you're trying to put her in the deck in order to like win games and create pressure, there's just usually a better champion or a better card to do that with. And I think she is just sort of struggling to find her place in everything except for the scouts deck, which we've already talked about it. She's good in that. She's not bad in the scouts deck because you can use her ability a couple times. She levels up a little bit quicker, but you are probably once again, just better off with Fiora and playing a more heavy, more heavily handed Demacia deck overplaying something that's split a little bit more between Bilgewater and Demacia. So I, I really think that she's cool. I think that the key issue here might be sort of like the space that she's in in the meta right now. Um, obviously, Crimson Disciple is a big problem for this Also, card. all of the tough effects. Yeah, there's a lot of tough out there right now. Vi's got tough. Yeah. Ranger's Resolve, too, on top of that. Mm-hmm. Ranger's Resolve is very strong. So... I don't know. Uh, so refuse. Why don't you wrap us up with a final thought on MF? Is she should should people be crafting her? Shouldn't they be crafting her? You should you experiment around with her? Where's she best at? Um, best with Demacia. Probably not worth a craft unless you just love the card, which is fine. Um, if you want to play a meme deck, I would probably say Misfortune and Swain sounds like an interesting combo to me. <laughs> it's a weird one. But I just kind of thought about that with the extra non-combat damage that she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, overall. She's not a card that I would completely write off because there are definitely cards that could be printed that make her much stronger than what she is right now. So I can't say that she won't be good in the future, but at the time, she's definitely one of the weaker champions, I would say, in the new set. Mm. Yeah, DBN, any final thoughts on uh, MF for you? Well, now that we've all agreed that mf is you know not super good now all i want to do is try to make her playable that's how my <laughs> brain works uh i did just kind of think like you know it would be neat is because you know how like when you attack with misfortune um or really i'm just saying this from the perspective of other people when people attack you with misfortune's effect and it comes down um you know, you, you kind of make your trades and you say, okay, one damage on this big beefy guy doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to send this in to defend. Well, you know what's a really good card now that I think is not seeing play because of, you know, like you have to get it triggered before it can play. But like Ravenous Flock would be a neat thing to like pair mm-hmm. with Misfortune or potentially like a Noxian Guillotine, although I think that's, I still think that's overpriced. I still think Noxian Guillotine. Telling you to swing this fortune deck. Yeah, and that's where I'm, I keep landing. And I, I still really am a little disappointed. I thought we were going to be able to play a more controlly um, Noxus, and I'm just not seeing it, uh, which is unfortunate because I, I really like Noxus. It was my original favorite faction, but the the kind of one-dimensional nature of it has driven me over to the icy shores of Freljord. Uh, and also now Bilgewater uh, as my favorite factions. But um, yeah, that might be something I mess with. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't really have any final thoughts on MF other than I like her artwork. I think she's cool. I don't think she's great. 
I'll probably change over to Fiora soon. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty against Fiora because I hate losing to it, so I am so against playing it. But uh, uh, yeah, that's my final thought on on MF. Okay, guys. Well, we're going to get ready to get out of here, but I do have a really quick final thought. And I thought I was already perfect. <laughs> So the final thought section of our show is where we try or I try to add something to your life that makes you better at life, not just better at Legends of Runeterra. So my final thought for today is if you need help, please get help. And I've probably shared a final thought like this, honestly, sometime in the past, but this is especially true of me today. I am typically someone who works a tremendous amount. Um, I like my job and I'm passionate about what I do. Um, and I usually have more going on in a given week than I could possibly accomplish. That has not been the case for eight weeks. In the last eight weeks, I've not had quite enough to do. And with that, I have lost a lot of sense of purpose. Um, probably over the last three to four days, that has really crept up on me. And uh, I, uh, I was outside today after having a rough night last night, having a rough mentally mental health morning. And that's not typical of me. I mean, you can ask these guys, Silver and DBN know me fairly well now to know that I'm generally kind of the eternal optimist. Um, I like to look for silver linings and things. I generally think that things are going to turn out okay. And I'm usually a pretty trusting person. What I found was I had a short fuse. I was angry. I felt lost. Everything that I typically loved didn't seem to have the same value or meaning for me. And a lot of that had to do with just a really disrupted routine. And so I have someone who I see as a counselor um, just to help out with different aspects of my life. And because as a as a leader inside of a church, I think it's just important for you to be in counseling because you don't want to be too messed up. Um, and uh, and so I, I had been seeing somebody for a little over a year and uh, had stopped during this and decided to reach out today. I just sent out a text that just said, I need help. And uh, he called me about a half hour later and made an enormous difference in my day and my perspective and has helped me to like organize to get on a decent routine. And I honestly did not have the tools to remain emotionally or spiritually healthy during quarantine. And because I wasn't either of those things, I'm also physically horribly unhealthy. Just a tremendous amount of ice cream sandwiches, just like <laughs> bam, 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 every single night. Um, and so all of those things add up to affecting every aspect of your life. I'm just telling you that I think that where we are in the in the stage of this thing for a lot of people has moved beyond this is cool and this then sucks and I don't like this to I am just feeling helpless. And um, if you need help, like reach out to someone, um, find help. Don't be embarrassed to do it. Um, I honestly didn't feel like I had too many people that I could reach out to, which is insanely strange for me because I surround myself with a big community of people. Um, but luckily I had Brady's number and um, that made a huge difference today. So that's my final thought. I know it's kind of deep, but I know that for most people as we're playing LOR, we're dealing with really deep things outside of this game right now. And um, hopefully it's an encouragement to you. If you've been thinking about getting help, do it. No one's perfect and it's good to reach out. Yeah, that's my closing thought. Okay, guys, now we can actually get out of here. So uh, why don't you guys tell us, we're going to start with Silverfuse. Silverfuse, how can people get connected with what you're doing and what you're putting out there and start plugging in with your content? Because the stuff you put out is, is awesome. Um, well, my main focus right now is YouTube. I post every day on Silverfuse. It's just 
Quicksilver and then Fuse, one word together in case you're wondering. <laughs> and then on Twitter, I'm very active under Silver Fuse Plays. I'll share a new deck list that I'm working on or just general thoughts about the game. Every once in a while, something just about my real life, but it's pretty boring overall because I don't leave the house, uh, whether I'm in or out of quarantine, essentially. <laughs> and, <laughs> no um, difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not been as hard on me but uh some days i'm like wow i really wish i could just go get a haircut and go to the movie theater like i feel that some days <laughs> and it feels weird not being able to and seeing family i haven't been able to see my family for a long time now um like because i didn't get to see them at the beginning of the year but that and then also too i stream on twitch on twitch.tv slash silverfuse and that is something where i've been a bit inconsistent but i'm working on my consistency so if you want to drop a follower uh, or follow and have your notifications on let you know um likely to stream in afternoon central standard time or later at night it's usually one of those i'm not so much of a morning person so you can catch me on there as well awesome thank you dbn how about you the stuff you're putting out you're putting out about a video a week now uh, how can people find the stuff that you're doing yeah one video a week minimum uh, I, I'm going to set that rule, and as soon as I set that rule, I'm going to break it. Mm. Uh, but I am trying to get back to it because I do really enjoy uh, kind of sharing what I'm playing with people. Um, and I uh, obviously, if you're going to follow somebody, I definitely want to personally recommend Silverfuse because Silverfuse is legitimately the channel that I actually go and watch regularly. Um, I don't watch, I'll watch other people's content for Runeterra. Um, but Silverfuse's channel is the one that I enjoy the most um, because of the diversity of decks we've got. And also just Silverfuse is an awesome person and fun to watch. So I recommend that. Definitely go check her out. I just want to bump that one more time uh, and thank her for coming on the show and talking about, you know, meta and misfortune. And, and it's nice to have that third voice to kind of keep Mark and I in the, the world of reality. Um. <laughs> also nice to have someone who knows what they're talking about on the show every now and then. Right, you know, uh, but uh, we, uh, but yeah, so I, I do uh, put one video a week and I try to do, I do mostly off meta experimental stuff and it's always what I'm playing. Um, I'm never going to put up some crazy meta deck that I don't like playing because that's uh, not genuine. That's not what I do. Um, so you can check that out. Uh, I posted a Bilgewater deck that I talked about earlier. You can check that one out. It seems to be, people seem to be liking it. And I don't know, maybe I'll throw that one drop deck, even though it's so bad. Uh, I might throw a video up on that one. Um, content is content. If you content enjoy is content. It. <laughs> there can only be one drops. Um, so anyways, yeah, that's where it is. It's Dead Broke Nerd on YouTube. And uh, I'm happy to see you there. And if you have any ideas for things you want me to play, you can always drop in the comments because I have done been known to do request videos. So that's always fun. Sometimes I just run out of ideas. <laughs> Nice, nice. Um, okay, so Silver Fuse and Dead Broke Nerd stuff is in the show notes. So you can click it right there and jump over to Silver's YouTube and her Twitch page. Jump over to DBN's YouTube page. You can jump over to my Twitch page. I'm twitch.tv slash the lift. If you go and hit a follow button and enable notifications, I don't know how the science works, the black magic. Um, whatever you got to do, then it'll let you know when I'm going live. I basically just live do this show live each week. Um, although we do do my RPG group occasionally and I do occasionally stream LOR, just not real often. Um, so if you want to go ahead and do that, I would encourage you to join the discord. We've had so many people join the discord in the past week or two. Um, it's just mm -hmm. been insane. It's like every day we get a couple new people. What was that? It's a very active discord. There's a lot of nice people there. 
Yeah, yeah, we have a, a really active Discord, and there's a really there's a lot of knowledgeable people there as well, which is mm-hmm. which is really helpful. Like we have a, a a wide swath of people who are kind of like new to the game. We have some people who are avid card game players that came over from Tessel with us, and then we have a lot of content creators from the Tessel community um, that have come over. So Silver Fuses in there, Charmers in there, Lasergicians in there, um, uh, Sophie, and I can never pronounce her actual name. Lois, yeah, Eolus um, is in there along with a handful of others. And so there's there's lots and lots of folks that are in there that you can message and they're typically good to, to jump in and give advice or, or to share what they're playing. Um, and there's a there's a lot of like decks being shared right now, um, which has been really cool. So if you're looking for a new deck, there's been some really, really great guys who have just jumped in there. And if you're like, well, oh, these guys never hit master, I don't want to listen to them. Well, don't come into our discord because there's a whole slew of people um, who are better than me who have hit masters who are in there and uh, and they can give you some advice. So we even had a couple of people who've offered like free coaching to folks, which is mm-hmm. really, really cool. So, yeah, I do have one more little announcement here. Um, we had a pretty chock full episode today. It ended up that way. So I didn't bring it up while we were recording or while we were kind of working on those topics. Um, but I did ask uh, if we had any questions for tonight's episode, and we ended up not really having time for it. But uh, we will hopefully cool. answer some of those questions next week. Uh, and uh, the for the those of you who have questions, you can actually uh, send those questions to us either through our Discord. We have a podcast Q&A um, section there and uh we have um we, you can also send it through i believe it's eslegendscast at gmail.com yes uh, so if you don't do discord you can always email us a question uh as well uh, i'm gonna answer i'm gonna ask silverfuse one question before we close and it's just a yes or no yes or oh. no answer okay no explanation unyielding spirit good card design or terrible card design bad Boom. There you have it from the expert Silver Fuse herself. <laughs> hey, lastly, I just want to make the little announcement. We have something in the works. Um, we actually have a couple of people who are willing to contribute, and we're looking like we're going to put together a casual Legends of Runeterra League. So weekly games where you'll be playing against people in different matchups. We're looking at organizing that here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks as we get new people in, and you'll be able to jump into our LOR League. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like, and I'm not making a promise because I don't like making promises I can't keep, but we are working on it and we're hoping to pull it off. So we have a couple of of people who are joining in on that. We just have to make it happen. So join in for that as well. That's another great reason to be in the Discord. Um, That does it. That does it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Silver, thank you once again so much for coming on the show. We love having you on the show. It's always a joy. Thank you for giving us so much of your time. You probably have 60 hours of video left to do today and it's already already like 10.30 where you are. So... We appreciate yeah. you being here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, guys, that's going to uh, wrap up uh, season two, episode 15, I believe, of Legends Cast. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in and be sure to come back next week. You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is sponsored by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, head over to patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this.